One night, one goal. Stop suicide. On June 3rd, Washington, D.C. will host the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention's Out of the Darkness Overnight Walk. Join thousands as we journey over 16 miles from dusk till dawn for a night of hope and healing while raising funds and awareness for this important cause. Register today at theovernight.org or call 888-THE-OVERNIGHT. That's 888-843-6837. This week on Happy, Sad, Confused, it's a Sundance special with Woody Harrelson, Jack Black, Elijah Wood, and Melanie Linsky all coming at you from the Sundance Film Festival. Hey guys, I'm Josh Horowitz, and yes, as I promised, I am uh, in lovely Park City, Utah, as I record this introduction. Uh, a lot of snow. There's This is, this is legit snow here in Utah, uh, but it's not stopping me from seeing an insane amount of movies. I've been having a blast here uh, the last few days. Uh, I've probably checked out like, I don't even know, like three, averaged about three movies a day, a couple interviews, and uh, trying to survive the snow. But um, that's what the Sundance Film Festival is all about. Uh, And we've got a a bunch of cool interviews on this week's show uh, and more to come next week because we're getting so much cool content. So obviously, unfortunately, Sammy is not with me here. She'll be back on future episodes, of course. Um, And I'll keep this brief because there's a lot of content coming straight at you. Uh, As I said, a little bit later on, um, we've got some really cool conversations conversations with uh, Elijah Wood and Melanie Linsky, who have a a really uh, cool new film coming on Netflix pretty soon, um, as well as uh, Jack Black in a film called The Poker King, a hilarious movie that I just saw the other night. Um, And first up is a newcomer to Happy, Sad, Confused, uh, and I was so thrilled to talk to him. This is uh, Woody Harrelson. Uh, Of course, Woody Harrelson, um, one of the most um, eclectic careers going in Hollywood. Uh, This guy just keeps turning out great films great film after great film and um his new one wilson is no exception it is a new film from fox searchlight uh opening in march and it debuted here at the sundance film festival uh a couple things to note about uh woody and the context of these interviews i do want to mention that like the audio is not going to be like the usual pristine happy sad confused audio because these are not recorded in our lovely studio in new york rather for instance this woody harrelson interview is literally in a restaurant so you're going to hear little ambient noise the audio is still great but just so you know that's that's why you're going to hear like stuff in the background. And um, also, these are obviously kind of mini episodes. These are mini interviews. The good news is um, I think, uh, you know, Woody and I had a blast uh, catching up and uh, he seems game to do uh, one of our like full on episodes uh, down the line. So look for that soon. Uh, as for this conversation, uh, a lot about Wilson, this um, this kind of strange, quirky character he plays. It's a it's a film based on the graphic novel. Uh, from Daniel Klaus, who uh, is most probably famous for Ghost World, that great film years back. Uh, and similarly, this is a film about um, uh, unique characters. And and this is uh, this is like Woody really owns the screen in this uh, in this film, opposite uh, Laura Dern um, as his ex-wife. And it's a, a really fun uh, piece of work. Uh, I really enjoyed it. And uh, of course, I couldn't let Woody go without talking a bit about uh, Han Solo. Of course, he's going to be playing Han Solo's mentor in the future film. Uh, to come, and uh, also a little bit about the War of the Planet of the Apes, in which he plays the villain in that. Uh, and also, one last note: we talk a little bit at the outset about his uh, recent um, live London film experience that he just directed and starred in, a uh, crazy endeavor that uh, was his directing debut. Uh, so look, look, look for that online if you want to check it out. Just like Google Woody Harrelson live London film, and you'll you'll be able to check it out. Um, but anyway, that's all the preamble for now. I'm going to toss to this interview, and I'll see you on the other side and talk about uh, the other cool guests on this week's Happy, Sad, Confused. Uh, and without further ado, here is me and Woody in a, in a restaurant in Park City, Utah. Hope you guys enjoy. I'm joined by Woody Harrelson chewing. This is what Sundance is all about, because we do interviews in bizarre places. This is happening live? Not live. You're being podcasted. Have you, have you podcasted before, Woody? I have This is Woody Harrelson's podcast debut. This is historic. Yep. yep. <laughs> uh, congratulations on the film, man. It's, uh, it's a great piece of work. Congrats. Oh, thank you. Thank you. So talk to me a little bit about, it seems like you're the busiest guy in showbiz right now. You're doing, you just did your, uh, your live event over in London. You got the Star Wars news is burning up the internet. And you're, and you're premiering this. Uh, are you maintaining your, your famous Woody Harrelson chill? throughout all of this? 
You stressed? Um, no, I have definitely. I mean, I got really stressed while I was shooting Lost in London, or you know. Yeah. It it we shot it on uh, Thursday morning. Well, really, I guess it was Friday morning. Yeah. And uh, and it live streamed here on Thursday. Anytime you're doing something for the first time, that's like, I mean, no one had even done something like that. Yeah, before. that was the first time, and it was really, um, it was intense, you know. For people who don't know what it was, it was a thing where it was a, uh, a script I wrote that we shot, and I directed it. Shot it in 99 minutes in, you know, 14 locations with 30 actors throughout the uh, the London you know London on streets and cabs yeah. all kinds of stuff and live streamed it simultaneously into cinemas in the states into over 500 cinemas so it was a <laughs> audacious endeavor I was gonna and, say uh, you're not making it easy on yourself as a first-time filmmaker usually you yeah. start small with something like I don't know that have, has been done for a hundred years and you're reinventing the form the first time out <laughs> Woody why are you hurting yourself? <laughs> I'll never do that again. The stress level was off the charts. Yeah. You know, I couldn't, I, I haven't had it. I still don't have a full night's sleep. I still wake up thinking about it. I dreamed last night. I was trying to, in, in the, I was trying to do the live stream. Oh, no. And something wasn't working. And, the, you know, and it just, it, it's, it I know there. eventually it'll, it'll right. stop, but man. Well, well maybe, this is oh, a good wow. maybe this is a good palate cleanser to be at Sundance with something like this that yeah. uh, was so well-received. Honestly, this is like, yeah. you know, you've played some great characters in your career, and I feel like this automatically gets to, that's, this is top three or five of oh, my favorite performances you. of thank yours. You. It's pretty great. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I love the character. I love the, um, the movie. I thought Craig, you know, Craig Johnson, who directed it, is like a... You know, I saw Skeleton Twins, and I thought he was like a truly great. Yeah. You know, that balance that between comedy and drama. And then, and, you know, yeah. then but this one, I just hoped would be you know almost as good, and I think it's just phenomenal. Yeah. Someone, so, I don't know if it was you or Craig last night. I was at the premiere. Described Wilson as like a gregarious curmudgeon, which is kind of an interesting. Yeah. I was uh, saying that. And right. I think I think an apt description. Um, and and it could clearly, like you know, the best roles is a stretch for you because you're you're clearly gregarious. I don't think of you as a curmudgeon necessarily. Yeah, that's true. I'm not right? really a curmudgeon. Um, one of the, the the odd quirks of him is a uh, is uh, sidling up to somebody like you know on a train when there are 80 other seats available. He's that guy that sits next to you and strikes up a conversation. Right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> on the reverse, are you? The, how many conversations have you had at, at urinals in your time where someone just sidles up next to you and decides this is the best opportunity to be friends with Woody Harrelson? Yeah, that has happened a good bit. That's why I usually try to go in stalls. <laughs> um, yeah, no, that's something I learned early on. If it's possible, get in the stall. Which <laughs> um, it's, it's one of the things that I guess. Uh, Look, if there are happens some problems this, with celebrity, that's not a big one, but it's a small thing. Not a big one. No, it's not that big a problem. But I, I do. That is one particular area. Even though Wilson will do oh, that, oh, he would. I, um, yeah, I'm not into that so much. <laughs> I, I like to focus while I'm in there. Uh, <laughs> the job I at don't hand. need to be having <laughs> you know, conversations. That's not a time for multitasking in <laughs> yeah. the bathroom. No, focus on one thing at a time. Yeah, I can't talk and pee for sure. <laughs> he also. It has like seemingly no filter. Like whatever comes into his brain, he doesn't have that that social switch that we all have, where we're like, this might not be the best time to say this. Which is, has to be freeing for you, as to play a character like that. It's like all id, all whatever. It's mm -hmm. unique, right? Yeah, I noticed uh, while I was doing it that I really started doing that more. Uh, you know, just like saying outrageous stuff. Yeah because it passed through my brain, um, which I do that anyway. I do that uh, a good bit, but I, at least I do have some censorship. But it, yeah. So for my censorship level to be kind of diminished because of the, you know, playing Wilson. Um, Maybe a good byproduct? It was, it was dangerous <laughs> for me, but, uh, oh, man, was it. It was a fun experience. Yeah. I love where we made it. We made it in Minnesota, and it was just the best time uh, yeah. summertime in Minnesota with all these amazing people Laura Dern's amazing in it I heard you guys yeah. have a have a past uh, a play years back cool yeah to we see did her a play together that Jim Brooks directed and oh, yeah nice. I just I love that lady a lot so and man what a performance yeah Oof. truly 
it's a great ensemble, man. And as someone was saying last night, it's like a little episodic in a good way, where like everybody kind of gets a ch- Margot Martindale, like suddenly has like a great scene, like all these cool actors yeah. that just pop in. Um, so I, I have to ask you. I know you like you, you already got yourself into trouble. Maybe talking Star Wars yesterday, the internet was like, "Oh my God, Woody Harrelson has has confirmed something." I'm not going to go there, but I'm just curious. Like, were you a big Star Wars fan? This is so exciting for me just to know that I'm a fan of yours and Star Wars, and to see those two combined is so cool. I like it, but I'm not like you know a rabid fan. Like, yeah. I mean, this is obviously it's a franchise that has major major fans yeah. so I, I couldn't equate myself on that level but I'm I like it and I'm glad to be a part of it did uh like if I asked you like what the Kessel Run is do you know what I'm talking about the Kessel Run <laughs> I think that's a no it's not it's okay you got the part they're not gonna, they're not gonna, they're not gonna kick you out I'm just curious <laughs> it might come up in the script I don't know I'm not sure we'll see <laughs> did it sounds familiar <laughs> did it take much convincing from I mean I love Phil Lord and Chris Miller are just awesome guys so enthusiastic and so those, bright those guys were a big part of because i think they're really talented yeah and uh i wanted to work with them and yeah yeah there were people in my life because i was feeling like i mean i just been kind of on the go quite a bit and yeah. i was really looking forward to just being home so wasn't planning on another six month shoot yeah, you and know, then another London, three months of press. And this is a big one, yeah. So, I, uh, as much as I've enjoyed London, I was really wanting to get home to Maui, which I really <laughs> enjoy. And uh, so, uh, it, it did take some prodding from some of the people who, yeah. whose advice I really, you know, I really revere. So, but in the end, I thought, well. This could be fun. Yeah, I hope it yeah. is. I'm sure it will be. Do you need to convince them to I shoot? Think, I think those guys, Chris and Phil, have the potential to make the best one yet. Yeah. I really do think they're so. They're really unique. I mean, if, if anyone can make like a great film out of a 21 Jump Street movie and the Lego yeah. movie, I mean, yeah. it's like, and it's, true. it's pretty cool. You didn't convince them to shoot part of it in Maui then. You, did you try to? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Han that Solo is raised on a beautiful beach. <laughs> <laughs> I'm also really excited. Uh, I saw a bunch of footage from the uh, the new Apes movie, and th- that, for my money, is like Matt Reeves is a genius. I thought Dawn he was really amazing. Is. Let Me Brilliant. In was like an amazing movie. Um, and he's, you look, he's truly gifted. That guy. You look like you're like a full-on Colonel Kurtz mode. You look like you're hardcore. <clears throat> yeah, a little bit. I, I didn't want to, you know, you know, I didn't want to be too much. I mean, that is kind of the the, the type of character for right. sure. It's the shadow that that character has to live in, but I'm sure you're making it your own. And from what I gather, it's the kind of character that maybe we won't empathize with, but you'll see his side of the, the argument, perhaps. You'll see where he's coming from. I hope so. Yeah, good stuff. So um, <laughs> you've been to Sundance before, I'm sure, over the years, right? You were that? Sundance. You were saying before we sat down, this is one of your favorites. You like this festival? Oh, I love it. I think I've been here at least, you know, a half dozen times. Yeah. yeah. So what's the, what's the Woody Harrelson secret to surviving Sundance, doing Sundance the right way? Well, I usually stay over in uh, canyons and just, you know, so I'm a little out of the beaten path. Right. Um, I, don't, I, don't, I don't like, I don't want to stay in the thick of it. Yeah, you need a break from the, the madness. Otherwise, you can really do some damage. And maybe sing a little bit know, with a Grateful Dead member from time to time? <laughs> yeah. You did that last night, I heard. Yeah. With three members of the Grateful Dead. Amazing. That was, uh, yeah, they're, they're, they're good friends. I've known those guys since, I don't know, like 1990 or something. So <clears throat> me and Bobby went to Thailand together. I've, I've spent a good deal of time with those guys. and But they've never asked me to come up. And then Bobby yesterday, I said, oh, I'm going to come see you. He says, why don't you get up and do Heartbreak Hotel? I'm like, well, all right. <laughs> you're one of those guys that like can't have a bucket list anymore because you're living this insane <laughs> life. Like, the people you've befriended. It does feel that way. Right? Yeah. <laughs> have you just given up and like see where the life takes you? Don't make, you know, don't make lists for yourself. Just see where it takes you. Yeah, I don't need to make the lists. I mean, life just keeps surprising me with yeah. great stuff. I feel so blessed. 
Good stuff, man. Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, I'm really happy to catch up with you. Usually, so this is your podcast debut. Usually, the podcast is a heart to heart, like 45 minute thing. Next oh. time in New York, you're in New York. Let's catch up. Let's have a real. Let's. I want to make each other cry over 45 well, you're, minutes. You're a very good interviewer, man. I love interviewing with you. Thanks, I think buddy. We've, we've probably at least three times done it. It's been a while. I mean, I've been at MTV for 10 years, so you haven't yeah, been able to yeah. avoid me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, Stalking you slowly but so surely. I would love to. Yeah, let's do that. Let's do it. Next when you're in town for Wilson, maybe I'll catch up with you. Okay. Good to see you, buddy. Cool. Yeah, hey, please, man. Really appreciate it. This is Happy Sack Confused. We'll be right back after this. Hey guys, it's Josh here again. I want to take a second to tell you guys about another podcast from MTV that I truly love called North Mollywood. It's hosted by Alex Papadimus and Molly Lambert, and it's a really weird and hilarious look at TV and movies and a bunch of other bizarre stuff like mythical undersea creatures, obviously. Alex and Molly are both super smart and hilarious, and they get amazing guests in the studio like Andrew T. from Yo's This Racist and Jonathan Gold, who's probably the most famous food critic in America. So seriously, guys, if you love Happy, Sad, Confused, Take a minute to go check out North Mollywood. You can find it right beside all of MTV's podcasts on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or wherever you get your favorite shows. Check it out. That was the one and only Woody Harrelson. Once again, Wilson, his great new film, uh, opens on March 24th of this year. So you got a little time, but now you're in the know about this cool new flick. Uh, Moving on, uh, this is another one of our great actors, another guy that's known for uh, a really eclectic career uh, and a returning guest to Happy Sad Confused. Of course, I'm talking about Jack Black, um, who is always a blast to talk to. Uh, His new film that just debuted at Sundance, where I'm at, is called The Polka King. It's a it's based on a true story. Uh, there's a documentary it's based on that I need to check out now because the story is just too bizarre. Uh, long story short, it's about a uh, a guy who kind of ran a Ponzi scheme and uh, was also kind of like this crazy polka character. <laughs> um, and so it's it's a film that that's filled with a lot of music, as you would expect from a Jack Black film. A lot of kind of like. Um, big performances. Jason Schwartzman's great in it. Uh, he's got two films at Sundance himself. Um, and uh, I just had a blast. It was probably the, the one of my two favorite comedies I saw at Sundance, at least thus far. I'm still seeing films here. Um, so yeah, this interview is as funny as as the movie. Of course, uh, Jack and I talk uh, a bunch about, actually, this is the second interview today on Happy Sad Confused where we talk a lot about Star Wars um, for some bizarre reason. Star Wars came up a lot. So <laughs> get a, 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 a ready for Jack Black take on Rogue One and the Star Wars universe, as well as Green Lantern. Yes, uh, way back when uh, Jack was going to star in a Green Lantern film. So uh, we talk, we reminisce a little bit about that. Uh, and of course, uh, just what it's like to be at Sundance and be Jack Black and his great uh, performance in The Poker King. So all of that coming at you right now uh, with one of my favorite guys, uh, Mr. Jack Black. Enjoy. The Jeep Wrangler 4xE. It's electrified. So you can boogie woogie woogie up a mountain, over creeks, or boogie woogie woogie through a desert where you get bit by a pit viper. So you boogie woogie woogie back to camp and ask your friends if they'll suck the snake venom out. When they say no, you boogie woogie woogie to the nearest hospital for a dose of antivenom and boogie woogie woogie your way to a full recovery. The electrified Jeep Wrangler 4xE. Learn more at Jeep.com. Jeep is a registered trademark of FCA US LLC. Oh, look, it's Mr. Jack Black. Hi. It wouldn't be a Sundance without the man, the myth, the legend, JB, Jackie Blackie. What else do we call you? Um, Jables. Okay, we can do that. Jablinski. I have no nicknames. Jablinsk. I would kill for just one cool nickname. I got nothing, man. You got something for me? Horror wits. Uh, no, that's, that, you're bringing me back to high school. Oh, a sorry. Lot of, a lot of I mocking. That, that was not as, yeah. You that's got, not worthy of your talents. The nicknames really got to come from love yeah. if you want to if if keep it. Yeah, there's no love in my life, so hence no nicknames. Uh, it's good to see you, my friend, though. Josh A. <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> like Jack A? A little like Josh A? Josh Alasha Ding Dong. <laughs> um, the Poker King was a nice break for me. I, I'll be honest. Thank you. Because not only is it a great film in its own ri- uh, merits, but uh, as you well know, Sundance, uh, the percentage of drama and crying and touchy-feely people strolling the streets of New York thinking about their, their existence, there's a lot of that. 
Yeah, a lot of existential yeah. angst. And I have enough of that in my life. I hear you. So, so the Poker King, uh, you're going to laugh. There is, yeah. I mean, there is drama. There is, it's a great story. Uh, yeah. A great true story. Um, no, but out of the gate, we got some good, there's some good yucks. Yeah. yeah. So this has to check all the boxes for you. It's got, it's got music. It's yeah. got uh, a, a, uh, a charming man. But yeah. also a deluded man. A yeah. uh, oh, you tell me. What's what's the selling point? What is it? I mean, it's got all my favorite things. It's got this yeah. this uh, guy singing these songs, and he's singing them so passionately. I mean, he's on fire out there, just like in the documentary. This is how I was introduced to the character yeah. and the material. Before there was a script, there was this doc that I saw, the man who would be Polka King, <laughs> and uh, I saw like. 10 minutes of this thing and I was like oh crap I gotta play this guy <laughs> this is the mother load this is it yeah and uh the accent you know how I love a good juicy <laughs> accent you know what it is about an accent it takes you further away from yourself right and it's something you can kind of hide behind mask. Yeah. and once you're inside of an accent yeah. it frees you up to be a little crazy, crazier than normal. A little just a little more chances. relaxed yeah. and real because you're not worried about people judging you because right. you're not you. You don't worry about judgment. Of course you're I do. Hey, laugh. listen, everybody t- worries about being judged um, and being vulnerable. If you're really yeah. just being yourself in a, in a character, then you're a little more vulnerable and you're a little more inhibited. Right. Is my experience. You know, I first had a little taste of it with Nacho Libre. I got sure. to get in that in that uh, Hispanic accent. It was like a blast. <laughs> I loved it. And a little bit of it in this little indie I did, Bernie. Totally. Little, uh, great, great movie. Little, uh, is, there, is there an accent you can't handle that's out of your wheelhouse? What's your favorite, what's your go-to accent? What's your, what's your nightmare what's accent? Hard, what's the hardest accent? Um, you know what, you're, you're known as the Daniel Day-Lewis you know, of accents. I, I Everybody don't knows naturally do have any accents. No, they don't, uh, none of them come naturally. I, right. I really have to go into the, into the study workshop yeah. and, and work them up. I like actually, to imagine that you actually have a workshop I that you go a, into. I have a rad lady, actually. Yeah? This is a, a secret. Accent guru to I the stars? I have an accent guru to the stars. <laughs> um, nice. Well, it works. Her name is Elizabeth Himmelstein. Right. What, does she have an about, accent? No. Oh, but she's got a very groovy way about her. Okay. She's a fun hang. <laughs> but um, the thing about Elizabeth, you, 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 get, you get in there to work on the accent... But by the time you're out of there, you realize you really have been working on the, on the character, the whole thing. The, right. act, the act. She really helps. She's a real good acting coach. Turns nice. out, you know. Do you do you have newfound respect, or do you always have respect for the polka? The polka, which I, I, I never really considered polka. Yeah. I never. I didn't have any of it, on my iTunes <laughs> library. Really? You don't have like 500 polka? Do you have any? No. No. <laughs> I mean, you know what you know because of the stereotypical umpapa. Yes. But um, uh, I was thinking yeah. because it gets the Grammy category, and you're always like, right. "Wow, they go deep. They go re- like they everybody do, gets something." They don't do that category anymore. Really? There's no true? more polka category. Oh, but um, no. yeah, he got nominated one for one. Um, as as a Grammy winner yourself, do you feel that it denigrated that it lowered the standard for your own Grammy by having a polka category, or do you want to see it come back? Um, you got to earn that category. I don't think it, I don't think it deserves a category right now. In the way that, let's be honest, heavy metal doesn't really deserve a category anymore. Right. What's the new metal? What are the? It's a short list. There's only like seven (laughs) bands. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Somehow the Grammys get away with doing like two thirds of them are going to get a nomination. It's like, come on, guys. Yeah. If you're starting, if you're starting a band right now, teenagers, go for the hard rock because heavy metal. You can tell when it's like, wait a second. <laughs> Jethro Tull winning the the metal <laughs> Grammy. That means the metal's done, right? Right. Come on. Right. He's, first of all, he's not metal. <laughs> There's just no young, vibrant we don't, scene maybe, maybe there. We just don't really. know. But so. my secret modus operandi mm-hmm. uh, is that we bring Polka back. Yes. It's time. Uh, Timberlake, let him bring Sexy back. I'm bringing Polka back. <laughs> I feel it's that's in the, a real. It's in the water. That's a more of a challenge. It's true. Of course, Sexy's coming back with or without you, Limber Snake. <laughs> but imagine but Polka. Imagine the power now, you have if you were able to do that. <laughs> exactly. This man could do anything. He could bring Trump down. We don't know. This you could. This movie could save the world. I mean, yeah. Let's not overstate it, but it could change 
the course of human existence. There's a real positive energy that flows from the uh, wellspring of polka music <laughs> that I think people will respond to. It's a dark time. People, people thirst for positive music. Yes. You know, there's like uh, that's why. Uh, happy, who's happy? Saying happy? Uh, it was, um, the guy Pharrell, with the hat. Yeah, Pharrell yeah, yeah, Williams. Yeah. It was a huge hit. It was a monster the, hit. By the way, I'm going to get fired from MTV like, for calling him the guy with the hat. Because people were like, yes, <laughs> we love your hat. We love the happiness that you bring us. And that's what Polka can bring, too. You know that feeling you had when you heard that song? Absolutely. When you saw that hat? <laughs> we'll get ready for a lot of that. Are you ready to throw your name back in the hopper for uh, Green Lantern that, now that they're casting again? We've talked about this in the past. You're... Your sadly never to be seen Green Lantern film. Well, they're looking for a Green Lantern, Jack. Look, I never threw my hat in, okay? I don't want it to sound like I was begging them to let me be the lantern. <laughs> I'm just Maybe saying. that is how it went down. You know what? You did your time, you did the research, you know the character. I, uh. I don't, uh, yeah, no, it's not really, it's <laughs> not like, really something yeah, I wake no. up every morning thinking. No. God, if only that would, yeah. Have the Marvel or DC It would have been fun back in yes. the day That's when like I read that. Smigel, right? It was Smigel yeah, yeah. wrote a really funny script, and I was like, I'll do that. It's one of those moments for me. Pass. That's like, and you know what? Let's be honest. They probably made the right decision. <laughs> that was a golden turkey if ever I smelled one. Have the Marvel or DC folks ever come calling? Have you met with them about a role? <laughs> yeah, they're dying to find I'm the serious. right superhero for me. It's like they, we haven't found it yet. You could also be the bad guy. You could be there are a lot of roles. That's true. No. What about no. Star Wars? Could you see yourself in a Star Wars movie? Um, Would you buy yourself in a Star Wars movie? No. <laughs> That's not a thing that they need. Unless they're thinking, we need a new, like, Jar Jar Binks type of yeah, character. Yeah. You know I do a great Jar Jar impression. Let me hear it. Missile Jar Jar. Oh, Jack. <laughs> <laughs> um, I just lost my five listeners. Thanks I mean, for that. maybe they're, they're, you know, if they're looking for a franchise-killing character. Yeah. That's where I could step in. <laughs> Maybe after like another 10 years of like billion dollars, they're like tired of all the money, and they bring you in as, I don't know what, alien. But while we're on the subject. Yes, please. I'm just going to say. Yeah. That last one, what was it called? Force Awakens? Or, or no, Rogue, no. Uh, Rogue One. Rogue One. Yeah. What's your review? Go for it. Uh, best one. It was really good. I don't know if best one, but it was a top tier for me. Okay, you're right. It's not the best if you compare it to how you felt when you first saw Star Wars. I don't know. Empire it's Strikes Back than still... And Empire Strikes Back. Yeah. And Empire Strikes yeah. Back. Both of those are better. Yes. But other than those two... Yeah, I would put it up there. It's number three. It's amazing. Not up there. It is absolutely <laughs> number three. Which one did you see that you were like, Ugh. Well, I have controversial... This I don't even want to go here, but I kind of like some of the prequels a little bit. Well, yes. The answer is yes. Yes. Because number four in my book... Yeah. Phantom Menace? What? Is number three. Oh, Revenge of the Sith. Is that what it was? Is that what you're talking? You're talking prequels? I'm talking you're talking about, Jedi? I'm talking about one, the one where Darth Vader was born, when he first got put yeah. in the... Re Revenge of the Sith. Yeah. That's the one. Because it gets dark. You get to see him kill children. That's all you ever want out of Darth Vader. I just like seeing, seeing him go toe-to-toe -to -toe with, with Obi-Wan Obi on the lava flow. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't think this, we were going to go here. I apologize. So... When I tell people to watch Star Wars, yeah. Huh? yeah, what's your order? You start with that one, the Sith. Okay, you start with Episode Three. Yes. Then you go Rogue One. Okay. <laughs> You're gonna confuse a lot of people. Then you go Star Wars, right. Episode Four and Five. Did you? Did Empire you, Strikes Back, and that's it. Did you, you don't need to see any other. Did you Star start Wars. your children with the prequels or the original, the originals, or have your children not seen? Um, my children were not really interested in Star Wars, what? but I took them to Rogue One, and they were nice. They were down. They were into it. What's the okay? Segwaying back to where we are, this crazy. You know the thing about the Rogue One? Yeah, it really is like a war. It's a fucking war movie. They, spoiler alert! In, in a way that none of they the all die at the end. Dude, I can't believe you did that. That's the ultimate spoiler. Yeah, that's well, the definition of a spoiler. Well, but yeah, I, my jaw was fucking on the floor. I was like, did they really kill? Yeah. Everyone like after dies. two or three of them, you're like, well, you're going to kill the next one too? Really? And it was so awesome. <laughs> I loved it. Um, the secret to experiencing Sundance in the right way, as you sit in front of me, you got the shades, you got the down jacket. That's clearly part of it. Uh, you, you, you yawn when you get tired. You, have, you hydrate. What do you do? What does Jack Black do to have the amazing Sundance experience? Um, 
The amazing sun aspect. It all comes down to your boots. You need some oh, really good. Yeah. I got some kick-ass Sorrells. Nice. I hate to do a commercial for Sorrell. I'm wearing them too. They've I given me nothing. <laughs> but uh, I like to get some good, good warmth, but not too hot. A lot of people make the too hot mistake. Right. The triple layer. You don't triple layer of socks. You'll be fine. Way, I don't need no fucking layers. No, I have layers one pair of socks is overrated. On. Yeah. You put on your fucking comfy duty <laughs> clothes. And some buttes, because you're gonna. It gets slippery out there. It does. You will break your coccyx bone <laughs> if you wear fucking Adidas. <laughs> you put on your Sorrells, your regular clothes, right? And then put a fucking coat on and a hat. Done. But do you prefer this? Sunglasses. Client? Yeah, yeah. Obviously, I'm not doing that, but I'm gonna learn from the best going forward. Do Stay you hydrated. Oh, got it. Even if you're not thirsty, you drink the water. <laughs> um, you prefer this climate over the Jumanji shoot? That seemed like a fun one. I enjoyed I enjoyed Hawaii. Pretty good. Uh, or did you train in the Iron Paradise with with Dwayne? Did you experience? Dwayne did not invite me into the Iron Sphere of exercise routine. I did pick his brain though. Yeah. I did like his routine. He he's got it figured out. I you mean, think? He, yeah, yeah. He, he knows what he's doing. <laughs> yeah, obviously. But um, I check out see what he was snacking on. It was just like chicken breast. What's he doing? Like, he's just fucking no. Yeah, he gets, takes it to another level. First of all, white rice. You'd think it would be brown yeah, rice. Brown, I, no, no. Oh my I've been God. doing it wrong. Switch over to white because okay. that's the way The Rock does it. And then what kind of meat? Bison. Buffalo, bro. Oh. Bison. Yes. Bison with a little bit of like, a, looks like a little gravy sauce. <laughs> does he, how many, does he get to have a Cinnabon every looks once in a while? delicious. Zero Cinnabons. See, I can't do it. That's where. <laughs> you and I, we're just not going to do that. That's what separates the. <laughs> The rocks from the Horowitzes. Um, did he try and convince you to get on social media? He's the king of social media. Uh, yeah, he did not try to do that, but I did feel very competitive with him. You got Kevin there, too, and who's I, also like Yeah, they, they had me coming from both sides, just kicking my ass. <laughs> and I was like, fuck this. I will beat you at your own game. And I, I stepped my game up considerably. Right. Uh, you might want to check out my... Uh, Instagram. That's not true. You don't have an Instagram. My Instagram is fucking on do fire you, right oh, you now. you do? Okay. Next stop, Snapchat and Twitter. Uh, <laughs> it's a lot. It's a I'm lot. not tweeting. Okay. That seems like a, a lot of pressure to do something every day. Yeah. To be I don't, interesting I don't at need all times. that. Yeah. yeah. What can we expect out of Jumanji? I'm excited about this one. Does it feel sequel-ish, reboot-ish? Is, um, not sequel-ish. It really is, I mean... It's classic reboot, you yep. know, but it's it's uh, it's the same universe in that we make reference to right. uh, Robin that Williams' down character. And, yeah, you know his name. I it <laughs> goes without saying that character's name. <laughs> Alan. Alan. Of course, it's Alan. Anyway, moving on. Alan Parrish. Of course, it's nobody, Alan Parrish. Nobody we off, all know off this. Mike just whispered that to me. I'd remember that. We have a lot going on between the two of us. Come on. But um, it's altitude sickness. But it's going to be rebootish. But it's, here's the main difference. Yeah. And uh, you can look forward to where Jumanji, the original, takes place in the real world and you see the game creeping out of the edges yeah. of the book. I mean, of the game yep. box yep. thing. Eloquentus. <laughs> and you know that Robin Williams killer. Alan, Alan Parrish, Parrish. <laughs> gets sucked into the game, and he's like in there for forty years or something, twenty years, right? Whatever big they beard, said, big beard. That's yeah. all I need to know. But you never get to see what his experiences was well, like went down. in the jungle yeah. of Jumanji. Well, this whole movie takes place in the jungles yeah. of Jumanji. I'm sorry, and it's and it's it's very exciting in a way that I don't think they could have pulled off right back in in the, in the days of the original. So I think people will be stoked, um, and also. The conceit that uh, it's actually these kids, right. these high school kids. So it starts off kind of like the Breakfast Club, right? <laughs> where these kids are all thrown together in detention for different reasons, and they they are not friends; they don't fit together, right? But then, uh, from the catacombs of the uh, attic at the school, they find this uh, old dusty game, Jumanji, <laughs> and they get sucked in to the jungles of Jumanji, and their avatars. Are us. Are, are yeah. amazing. It's, it's very clever. It's a well, it was a well-crafted script. I'm excited to... I, uh, I was stoked to, to uh, inhabit the, the character of a 
16-year-old girl. I think that's <laughs> that what right? I'm playing. Oh, yeah. that's amazing. It's pretty rad. Well, if nothing else, I'm excited to catch up with that group. You yeah. and, and, and Dwayne and Kevin and Karen, they're all awesome. Yeah, so, so uh, good. Uh, looking forward to that one, man. As always, great to catch up. Great to catch what's, up. Wait, what's my new nickname too. again? You're uh, Joshua Lasha Ding Dong. Okay, this is Joshua Lasha Ding Dong signing off with Jack Black from Sundance. Uh, good to see you, buddy. Take care. There's more Happy, Sad, Confused coming up after this break. That was the great Jack Black. The film is The Poker King. You can't see it yet, sadly. It just premiered here at Sundance. Uh, but as I record this intro, I don't think it's sold yet, but I guarantee it will sell and it will be available to see hopefully very soon because it's, uh, as I said, it's one of my favorites I've seen at the festival thus far, uh, as is the next film we're going to talk about. So the last interview on this uh, week's uh, edition of Happy Sad Confused uh, is surprisingly two people I've never had on the show. Um, that's kind of bizarre because I love them both so much and have talked to them a bunch over the years, just not for the podcast. Um, Elijah Wood uh, and Melanie Linsky uh, are both kind of Sundance staples, regulars. They're always there with cool products. Um, and uh, and this this new film is is was an, actually an opening night film, and uh, I loved it. It's directed by this guy named Macon Blair, who you may know from uh, Jeremy Saulnier's films like Blue Rune and Green Room. And now he's directing a film all on his own. And it's very much in that vein, um, maybe a little bit more comedic than Jeremy Saulnier's films. It's really dark, twisted, a lot of violence, um, but very funny, uh, really like black comedy, really good stuff. Um, and it's called uh, I Don't Feel at Home in This World Anymore. Yeah, a long title, but worth remembering. Uh, it comes out uh, on Netflix um, February 24th, um, and it's great. Melanie Linsky basically stars in it as a woman that's just kind of fed up with the world and how just rude everybody is. Uh, it starts out with this great montage of just her being like annoyed by like all the small things, all the small rude things that everybody in this world does. Uh, I think very relatable in 2017, and she kind of teams up with Elijah Wood, who uh, – I can guarantee he plays a role you've never seen him do before. He's got a weird rat tail for a hairstyle. He throws ninja stars. Uh, <laughs> and they kind of team up to kind of get um, some righteous revenge, right some wrongs. Um, and as I said, super entertaining. So uh, this is a conversation with the two of them uh, in Park City, Utah. Um, as I say in the in the conversation to come, uh, these guys will hopefully come back for a longer chat. Each of them deserves an episode all on their own. Um, but in the meantime, uh, I hope you guys enjoy this uh, chat with two of my favorite actors, uh, Melanie Linsky, the great Melanie Linsky, who we finally did a happy, sad, confused photo for. She wanted it and it's on there. It's on the Instagram. It's on the Twitter. Check it out. Immortalized forever. Uh, and uh, Elijah Wood. Uh, enjoy this. And uh, we'll see you guys with another Sundance special next week on Happy Second Fused. First of all, neither of you have been on my podcast yet. And this is absurd because... No. One of these days we need to do this because we're doing kind of like mini episodes for Sundance. So this is just a amuse-bouche before you both come back in New York when you have some time and then we'll get the true heart-to-heart. -heart. The I invitation stands for that. both of you. That sounds great. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That being said. I didn't realize you had a podcast. Oh, so insulting, so hurtful. Is yeah. it? <laughs> no, it's all good. It's all good, buddy. Is it, is it your, what's the name of the podcast? It's called Happy Sad Confused. You know the oh, photos right, I do right. with you, right? Um, so you've, you've really created I've something. I've branched out. Dude, I love it. <laughs> It's my own little Mark Maron nerdist kind of uh, thingamajiggy. And as a result, awesome. do you end up having conversations, given that it's called Happy, Sad, Confused, is it more than just people sort of promoting their thing and you get into sort of a discourse that I don't, delves into I mean, you know me well enough emotion. by now to know. No, there's no human emotion in this body, uh, as you should know by now. Um, no, you know me. I'm, I'm, I'm a... Obviously, I come from a geeky standpoint, and I just want to like nerd out, basically. So yeah. it's some, somewhere in between. I feel like um, Marin's kind of touchy feely, where he can like make you break down and cry. You both have done mm -hmm. Marin, I think, mm -hmm. right? She's one of my favorite. Yeah, you were a episodes. great episode. Yeah, yeah. It was intense. <laughs> Very, but it was like a therapy yeah. session for both of you. I know we really uh, connected. Well, luckily, we only crazy. have like 10, 15 minutes, so we can't possibly connect in that deep away right no. now. No, no, <laughs> I talked to him for like two and a half hours. Was it really? Yeah. Wow. Amazing. Yeah. So um, congrats on the film, guys. You saw on, on social media. I really, really dug it. Oh, dude, thanks. Yeah. Um, Thank you for being so nice about it. Of that course. Of course. Um, directing debut of uh, Macon Blair, mm -hmm. uh, who people might know from Jeremy uh, Saulnier's great films. Um, talk to me a little bit about how you guys got involved. What's the selling point? What's the big thing about this one? 
I got involved. I was a huge fan of Macon's. Um, pretty traditionally, I got the script. I read it. I loved it. I had a Skype meeting with him. I crossed my fingers and prayed <laughs> that it would work out. And miraculously, it did. I think they offered it to so many people before me. Because they were just... a really different track. Yeah. Oh, is that right? They were just trying to get financing. Yeah. So, you know, people were like, you need a name, you need this person, that person. So I think they went in a lot of different directions. And then a year ago, Megan had a meeting with Netflix and he was, I think at that point he was a little burnt out mm-hmm. and he just was like, this is how I want to do it. Yeah. Here are my dream actors and Netflix is awesome. And they were like, great. You, you, you <laughs> both have some, some really fun... Uh, material to chew on in this one. I mean, um, <laughs> to say the least. I mean, Elijah, just like from the look of your character from the get-go, we know we're in for someone a little unique, a little in- interesting. Yeah. Whose idea was the what, kind of the rat tail in the, in the back? That was Macon. Nice. Very early on, <laughs> it was an idea. He's like, I think he has a rat tail. Um, yeah, he had a lot of specific... It was my first rat tail. He had a lot of... What's that? It's a rite of passage. Kind of is. Yeah. I really loved it a lot. <laughs> it kind of... You know, it's those things that make you sort of feel even more like someone right. that you're not, which is great. Right. Tony kind of came alive with those elements. And then the Ninja Star. Mm-hmm. Also, probably your first time on screen throwing one of those. First time. That was a <laughs> that was kind of a childhood dream come true because I used to love. I was obsessed with ninjas when I was a kid, Who and I'd get awesome. like you know fake throwing stars and stuff. So right. I got to live out that <laughs> fantasy. It was awesome. So I mean, Melanie, you talk about like you know having that, them gone down different paths. Like, so what's I mean, I can see what's appealing about this character and what's appealing about this story in, mm. in a, you know, in a, in a shorthand. I feel like it had kind of that, it has that kind of extreme violence and absurdity to it at times. It has a kind of a, a Cohen Brothers kind of a vibe to me. Um, did this feel like new material for you in terms of this character? Yeah, or? it really, it felt very new for me. It felt, it just felt like a new type of character. I hadn't seen anyone like her before. And I loved that she was like out for vengeance but for such a great reason. <laughs> I just, I loved everything about it. I love that she just wants people to stop being assholes. And just, I, I love We all can relate the, to that. Yeah. And there was something just so beautiful to me, the, the kind of awkwardness and, you know, the way she goes about it is so kind of clumsy and beautiful. And right. I just really... I loved it so much. I love it. I mean, it kind of, the, the opening kind of montage, which sets up the kind of, that kind of premise that like, yeah. I feel like we all feel at various times, if not every day, which is why the fuck is everybody around me like a jerk and asshole? Yeah. Why can't people just act like human beings? Yeah. Why does it have to be so difficult? Can't we just get along and just be human beings to each other? Yeah. I'm still astonished when I hold a door open for a stranger and they just walk on through. Me too. I'm still like, Wow. Every time someone lets me in in traffic, I always put my hand up for thanks. Yeah, right. me too. I, yeah, it's a it's a serious lack of awareness that people have yeah. of other people. It's a selfishness, and it's just inconsiderate. I, mm. Like, I can't... That's the stuff, like, when people ask about pet peeves or things that make you angry, it, it all is under the same umbrella. Yeah. Lack of consideration for others. Like... It's the worst. In that way, sadly, it feels like a very timely film. <laughs> I mean, in that, I feel like our uh, the world we're living in and the political realm, et cetera, like it's it's embracing these kind of baser values, these yeah. more selfish kind of values. Um, so when's the last time you... You guys both don't strike me as people that explode, generally, at, uh, at people, at yourselves. Do you have your explosive I moments? You uh, doing that. Oh. Really? Melanie, you have your moments? Well, I don't really have my moments, but sometimes I can be, like, pushed. Because I don't say things for a long time. I put up with a lot. Right. And then I really, like, there have been a few times, not very often, but I really lose it. And does it come with people you love or people that, people strangers? People that I love. Yeah. People they can that take I love. it. You know yeah. they, they'll come back to you. Yeah. <laughs> and it's usually after a long time of just being like, that's okay. All right. Okay. Right. I don't need to say it. Oh, okay. And then I'm like, <sighs> And you were saying before you're pretty easygoing. You don't, it doesn't really. I don't explode. I don't have it in me, I don't think. But I'm similar in the sense that I'll put up with things for a bit without saying anything. I've gotten a lot better at at that the older I've gotten. Right. Um, Have you ever? Yeah, I don't don't get angry. It's It's not a thing I have in me, I don't think. 
have you ever told off? I get very emotional. I, yeah. I, when I get angry, it, like it's almost crying at the same time. Like it's it's too much for my body to handle. Right, which ruins the emotion. moment. You're, you're trying to be powerful and tell somebody off, and you're like a tear is streaming down and, like, your lips quivering because it's just too much. I can't handle it. Have you ever had to tell off an interviewer, someone that that overstepped their bounds, that asked an inappropriate question? Do you leave that to Team Wood, Team Elijah Wood, to kind of oh, no. drop the hammer? God, there is no such thing. <laughs> Uh, I would certainly would never call them th- that. Uh, I've heard what you say. It's just them. Brianna in there. Um, I, I know no, not to cross her. I I don't know if I've ever. Yeah, or I would just say I don't want to answer that. Or, yeah, I yeah, don't know yeah, if yeah. I've ever had that thing, really. So talk to me a little bit about. I think I've, I've talked to you both multiple times. Probably. It was it's very inappropriate. Sorry, I'll see. You're so yeah. good. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna leave now. I don't no. feel good anymore. <laughs> So Sundance passed. I've yeah. talked to you both multiple times at Sundance, I feel like, over the years. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've never done Happy Side Confused. I know. You haven't? No. I know. She's, that, that is going to change today. Nope. Oh, is it? Have you felt left out? Yeah. Oh, Melanie. Because I see your Instagram and I see all the, all the stars. <laughs> I understand I haven't had that a... I'm not very famous. That's, come on. Oh, my that, God. This is, this is This pity party has to stop right now because... We revere you, both Elijah and I. Right. And I just haven't had a... We haven't talked in a few years, to be fair. It has been a while. Yeah. It has been a while. And I've only been doing the photo series uh, in a while. So I hope you've been prepping, because I want to see yes. you bring your A-game today after All the right. interview. Okay, I'm going to do it. Do you have a... Um, has Sundance changed? I mean, this is kind of the question I feel like we ask every year, kind of the evolution of Sundance over the years. I've been coming for... It's my 11th. So I, I've, definitely, I've definitely seen some, some trends come and go. Does it feel familiar to you at this point, or different, or what? Are you speaking to the films that are that are you can take programming it whatever or? way you want? I mean, like whether it's well, like I mean, the it's swag or the films or the whatever. it's certainly gotten bigger and yeah. there are kind of more swag houses. Although that seems to have diminished a little bit. I feel actually. like it hit peak like it, it five re- or six years yeah, ago. Yeah, right? it reached a crazy peak and now yeah. it seems kind of a lot smaller, which is great because I can't stand that stuff. Yeah, and it just takes away from the reason we're all here. We're here to celebrate other artists and films. The thing that I think has changed in regards to the programming, though, is there's a, I don't know, there's more diversity in, in the, the sections. You know, things that, I'm noticing this definitely with genre films. Yes. Genre films used to typically be relegated to midnight yeah, only, yeah, yeah. and now they're bleeding into the other categories, which I think is wonderful. There's just, you kind of can't peg things as much as you used to, and right. I love that. I love that things are kind of, it's a little bit more equal opportunity and people are being exposed to f- films that they may not have otherwise. And exactly. I think that's really exciting. It also feels like, and this is, this is going to debut on Netflix, right, in February, which is very cool. I'm glad I got to see it on the big screen. Um, so are we. Right? Uh, and I mean, what are your, I mean, how do you feel about this kind of like evolving um, question for actors and filmmakers and film lovers alike, where like, you know, most people, you're going to, look, you're going to get way more people seeing this, frankly, oh my thanks God, to a platform yeah. like Netflix. Yeah. Is there any kind of sentiment towards the big screen experience and that this film won't necessarily probably get as much, if any at all, uh, exposure that way? Or are you kind of cool with kind of making that bargain in exchange for people seeing the, the work that you're proud of? Well, I, I do love that we got to have this festival experience and, and the experience of seeing it on a big screen. But the reality is with a small movie, it doesn't show in very many places and it doesn't show for very long. Right. So the majority of people who are going to see it are going to see it on some kind of streaming platform anyway. Right. And so I think to have it positioned as best as possible and put out by Netflix and just released you know, at the same time to millions and millions of people, it's really giving the film the best chance to succeed. I'm so excited. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would say also that this, uh, and I mean this as a compliment, this, this kind of fits into my category of at least slightly or, or mostly fucked up filmmaking. Like it's a little fucked up in a great way. It is. Right? And I know you have an appetite for that. That's like your, your jam. Absolutely love it. Yeah. Um, I don't know about whether like, is this, is this necessarily fit into, are you a fan of the, the fucked up film genre? Well, you love Melanie. Green Room. I did love Green, Green Room. Room. I love Blue Ruin. Yeah, I love I love a lot of different kinds of movies. Yeah, yeah, good stuff, good stuff. Well, as I said, um, this is just a tease of what's to come. An important thing to note too yeah. about the Netflix thing, uh, you know, there's obviously our perspective on it, but for Macon, like that, the movie that we made with him that he wanted to make would not have happened had it not been for Netflix. Yeah. Totally, the that's control was incredible. Yeah. I mean, I've been on tiny budget movies where the financiers have They're tried to it. come, you know. Yeah. And yeah. And how do we feel about the title? 
The title is, is a, it's a mouthful. I love the title. Do you? <laughs> it was I love it. this title from the get-go? Mm, well, it initially was. Yeah, it was the first thing that was discussed. I love it. I'm yeah. super into it. There were titles, while we were making the film, it was called the Untitled Macon Blair film. <laughs> he had written the title and had thought of the title while he was writing the script, because right. it's based on the song. Yeah. Um, but he thought, oh, no, no one's ever going to let me have this super long title. Right. And so there was a long, long discussion back and forth between all the producers and there's a huge like grab bag of different options that never really resonated. And it kind of came back to, I, I had not heard, I don't feel at home in this world anymore until we were like midway through production. And I heard that and I was like, wait, that's it. Yeah. That's it. It's, it's how she feels. It's, it's about Ruth and her existential emotional experience. Totally. That's how the movie begins and how it ends. And it's how we are, we see the movie through her eyes. Like it has to be that. Yeah. And it also says so many other things. It's, and I love that it's fucking long. <laughs> it's, it's unique, like uh, everything about the film, absolutely. Yeah. Um, everybody should check it out in February on Netflix. I don't feel at home in this world uh, anymore. Uh, <laughs> 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 dot, 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 That's anymore. <laughs> um, congratulations on the, fil- on the film, guys. It's a Thank great piece of work. Thank you so much. It's good to see you both. You ready for Happy Sad Confused? Are you ready for this? Yes. Okay, we're doing it. <laughs> and so ends another edition of Happy Sad Confused. Remember to review, rate, and subscribe to this show on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm a big podcast person. I'm Daisy Ridley, and I definitely wasn't pressured to do this by Josh. (laughs) This episode of Happy, Sad, Confused was produced by Michael Catano, James T. Green, Mukta Mohan, and Kasia Mihailovic for the MTV Podcast Network, with additional engineering by Little Everywhere. You can subscribe to this and all of our other shows on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever else you find your favorite podcasts. Now is the chance to use reliable energy to grow your money with the Dominion Energy Reliability Investment. Our new investment product offers competitive returns, no maintenance fees, and flexible online access to your money. Make the reliable investment in reliable energy. The Dominion Energy Reliability Investment. To find out more, go online to reliabilityinvestment.com. That's reliabilityinvestment.com.